everything. It started with all the new gear. And then we literally, this weekend, okay, this wee shit, I literally, <laughs> no, I moved everything because band practice isn't here anymore. Um, so I decided to re, you know, obviously reuse this room for what we were doing originally. So all the stuff got moved in here now. So it's kind of a nicer, more enclosed area, I think. So I'm, so, su- I'm surprised you haven't soundproofed it by now. That's the next, next. step. That's the next step. I, I'm gonna, I figured that was coming. I got to rework all the stuff up here and... I got to do a little reading on how to do it the most effectively for the least amount of money. Right. You don't have to do the whole damn room. Right. You have so, to eat a lot of eggs. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get. Well, thankfully, this. my my buddy, and there's in that closet over there, a buddy of mine who who runs. Your buddy's in that closet. My buddy's in that closet. My buddy's in that closet. I mean, it's 2019. He's yeah. come out of the closet <laughs> at this point. No, a friend of mine, he runs a studio, and um, he, uh, when he was building it, he had a bunch of that, that foam left. And he texted me and said, hey, do you need this for anything? I know you do stuff around the house. I'm like, hell yeah, I do. I'll be right over. So filled my whole trunks and jammed it all. Yeah. <laughs> squeezed it all in there. So it's all jammed in there. And I just have to be able to, you know, just measure it, cut it, do the right stuff. So that's just, that's step two, unless we really need it. I don't know yet. Right. I mean, sometimes you don't really need it. I mean, we're only doing voices here. So it can, you know. Are you recording? Yeah. When oh I record, uh, my little podcast studio in the upstairs of my house is so bad for sound. That many times I have recorded voiceovers for television shows with a blanket over my head. <laughs> Honestly. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so much bounce. Yeah. And I have so many doors that lead to different rooms that don't have closing doors on them. Yeah. That I find I get the nicest sound if I put this one Afghan over myself in the microphone. That works. Yeah. Anything works, really. It's just a matter of getting it right. And I know a lot of guys that do very unorthodox stuff. To get a certain sound or get it to just sound tight sounding, which is what you want. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of tricks. There's a, a voiceover I did on, uh, I, I did a walk on on the show Kindred Spirits this year, and they needed a voiceover. And I was up north and I was like, I don't have any equipment with me. And they said, well, just record it on your phone and send it to us. And when you watch the episode of Kindred Spirits, you can tell when my voiceover <laughs> that was recorded on a phone in Alpena, Michigan. Oh wow! Yeah, is playing. It's funny. We recorded. There was this documentary that it was one of the first ghost hunting groups we were ever a part of. Like back in like two thousand one, two thousand two. Doug and I, and we just met with this group of people. And one of the guys was a you know amateur filmmaker. So he wanted to tag along behind all. He had a genuine interest too. But he wanted to tag along behind all of us and film all this stuff we were doing. So we did that. And then that's when we first started. Like, it was Ghostly Talk was maybe around about a year. Mm-hmm. And he, like, looked at me and Doug and said, well, you guys are the radio people. You guys can narrate this thing. And Doug's like, well, I don't want to narrate it. Scott, you do it. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'll give it a shot. I don't think I have a voice for radio, but I'll give it a shot. And it was it was a great experience doing that because I didn't know what he wanted originally. Right. Like, like I didn't know. So we started out doing stuff like Doug and I literally, and that's what made me think about this, because I would go to Doug's office that he worked at uh, in Clinton Township over here. And when he was done with work, we'd just go in the, co- the coffee break room with a, with a laptop and I mean, a shitty little sure mic, nothing special. And just record stuff and just get sounds and try stuff. And it started out originally like, 
this is the study of ghost hunting. Oh, right. Yeah. And we put a bunch of echo and reverb and shit on it and sent that to Tom, the filmmaker. And he's like, no, 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 Jesus Christ. (laughs) And we kept trying stuff. And he's like, just talk. Right. Just talk, man. That's why I like you guys. Just talk. So we just talked. And we kind of got a decent sound in this little room, which was just a break room, a coffee maker and all that crap. And... You know, you, and you can tell. I mean, he did a little compression on it and sure. stuff like that. But it came out all right. I'll have to show it to you. It's pretty cool. The uh, When I would have to do the voiceovers for Ghost Stalkers, which I did with the blanket over me, um, because <laughs> that's just how I kept track of my sound. But it was so funny because they were like, just hit these four lines and we'll be golden. And at that time, too, strangely enough, my parents were staying with me. And so I had to wait until they got to sleep otherwise like i would be in the middle of saying something and yeah, yeah. you'd hear my father go like, <laughs> like i'm trying to be super serious about this prison that i'm locked in <laughs> and my dad's like is there soup in the house and i'm like there's a ton of soup where is the soup I'm, like, I'm recording something and eventually like i i would edit all of that stuff out yeah, ob- yeah, obviously yeah, before yeah. i sent it to the network but it became such a pain that I just would let the tape roll. I would just let the computer roll and record everything. And then I'd just tell them, like, here's an hour of me trying to record these voiceovers, pick out what's yeah, you good. deal with it. And there's a lot of me talking to my parents and me yelling at cars. They can chop it up. They can chop it up. That's what's so uh, – what? I feel like we need to do you, – you like to jump into the show, but I feel like we should do a proper introduction. Because are we going to record our normal intro to this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, we should say we have with us John E.L. Tenney of WeirdLectures.com. Well, this is a whole section I have to edit now because you just totally fucked up. Oh, my God. I I like that that section. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, before we intro me, and since I've just talked about those, uh, (laughs) you have have that still up. You said you wanted in case we need to go for something on the the two. On the other computer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So search on that. uh, Search Ghost Stalkers Outtakes if you can because I – did indeed upload some of my outtakes because I thought that they were somewhat funny. And I'll try and keep there from being any radio silence. Um, The third one. Outtakes? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Is this going to go to the recording? Is this connected? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got it all set up. Finally, we're taken down to the prison's basement and into an area known as... Could another fucking car drive by? <laughs> Finally, we're taken down to the... <laughs> Finally, it was here in 1938 that four unruly, 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 unruly yours. You get slap happy. Unruly, 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 unruly. It was here that in, it was here that in, it was here in 1938 that four unruly, unruly, rurally, unruly, unruly. It's reading it too fast. On July 4th. No, now there's going to be a fucking plane flying overhead. <laughs> the best part's you don't hear it. Right. You hear it. I do. No one knows Holmesburg better than its former deputy. Deputy? <laughs> deputy dog. No one knows Holmesburg better than deputy dog. <laughs> Since Chad and I have both flirted, f- flirted, with, flirted with death. Hey, death. You are looking good, death. What's going on, death? <laughs> Since Chad and I have both flirted with death, we feel the need to try to commute. That's too fast. I'm reading that too fast. I'm too worked up with death flirting. <laughs> the 
plantation grounds clearly seem to have many of the conditions to support me doing this fucking properly. But crystals are also known to affect people's... Who wrote that? I didn't write effect. That's not fucking right. But crystals are also known to... All, that's known is the worst of that. But crystals are also thought to affect people's moods. And right now, this one seems to be taking its toll on Chad. It's like $6.50 toll to get into the mood, and then $6.50 to get into the toll that it's taking. I make a beeline, bing, zip, for the hospital. I make a beeline for the hospital's, I make a beeline for the hospital's one and only surgical room. My God, dude. While the emergency room is off for a share of tragedies, it's the fucking God damn it! <laughs> While the emergency room saw its fair share of tragedies, it's the op. The em- There's too many rooms in this. While the emergency room saw its fair share of tragedies, it's the operating room where the most acute cases. How long is this sentence? <laughs> Today, it's a hotbed for activity. This bed is hot. It's so hot in this fucking bed. <laughs> At sunset, I begin my solo. In the- solo. What am I fucking job of the hut? I begin my solo investigation. I begin my solo investigation. So that's like six minutes. I have hours of just me losing my mind, losing my mind, fucking up. It needs to be animated. Oh my god, it's so good, dude. So hysterical. Now, Uh, do you want to do an intro? Um, yeah. Well, (laughs) hey hey guys. Well, you know, we'll leave. I guess we'll just leave all this. Nothing will fall on the cutting room floor tonight. what the, the hell? hell? Oh, sorry. Oh, I uh, replay. Uh, instant. Uh, that was my fault. I can. I'll get rid of that later. Maybe we'll edit that. All right. No, we won't edit that because we've already talked about it. Sure. We can't edit it. No, we'll just let everything. That'll be our pledge tonight. Is we're not going to uh, we'll leave any of this on a cutting room floor, which is very rare with this show. Anyways, nowadays, right. I mean, it, there's very few things that just. We've had a couple things with people in the past that said, "Ooh, maybe you know," and I'm like, "Hey, no problem. Mark it, and we'll cut it out. No yeah. problem." So tonight. I don't think we'll do that, right? No, this is fine. In case you guys don't know the glorious voice that's in the studio with us tonight, it is Mr. John Tenney. Thank you for joining us here tonight and oh, hanging out. Anytime. This was a last-minute thing. There's my voice just fucking up right <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah. I've got a, us all in the mood for fucking. We're, we're, yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> This was a last-minute thing. Literally this morning, we had a whole fall on the schedule, and I'm like, well, what are John's up to? I just wonder what John's up to. And let's just I, I just sent you a text yep. you know, this morning, and I'm like, he's probably busy. He's probably got stuff going on. Well, I was like, he just got back from a conference. He's probably resting. But the other thing is we never – like we always talking about hanging out more, and then we don't really. I, well, well, we're all busy. So, I know, I know. I know. We're, not, we're busy, but it's like – just trying to organize stuff. I don't know. It's just adult shit. And we only live like it is what, adult shit. five it's miles apart. Yeah, we're like so close. Though. But no, it don't matter. I mean, I, it's adult shit that happens. And <clears throat> yeah, let's hang out. And I, you know, I, I had a friend say it to me. Like my friend went to Germany uh, years ago when we were in college. And he's like, I met these people in Germany. And they were like, we talked for a while. They were really friendly. And... I was. To, he was living in an apartment at the time. He was going to school out there, and he's like, "We should hang out sometime." Yeah, we'll hang out. He was, "We'll hang out sometime. Let's hang out." And he went back to his apartment, and a few hours later, they come over with like all this food and shit to eat. And he's like, um, "You know, unannounced, no right. phone call, nothing." And he's like, "What the hell?" He's like, "Well, you said let's hang out, you know, so we're coming over to hang out." And like, because in America, 
when you say that, it's more of a way to say goodbye. Exactly. It's just it's just a way to it's just how our our really crazy language works. So when you say, "Yeah, we'll hang out sometime," which you know you you most likely will, but not that night. You're busy with other stuff. You got to figure something out. But in in Germany, apparently that's not how it works. If you say that, they take it very literal. Yeah, I, I feel like because of so we all know kind of. Like as you become an adult, like your your peer groups get smaller, yeah. you hang out less, you do less stuff, and I feel like social media has turned everyone into adults immediately because you have all these people who are your friends that you're always going to hang out with on social media that yeah. you've never met and you're probably never going to hang out with. What's so funny about social media, you know, I, I don't care what circle it is that you're, you know, whatever community you're a part of, whether it's whether it's the paranormal or whether it's music or whatever. I'll take music, for example, just for this case. We were at a concert last week, and there's people that have added me on the Facebook, the Devil's website, right. and they've added me on there as friends or whatever. And I'm just I, I I'm just wondered the what this thing. arm thing was. <laughs> this is great radio. No one can see what we're doing I know. This is why we right don't now. have a webcam because Scott's just doing this strange arm thing. So I've, I've had people add me on, on social media because, uh, you know, and I, you know, I look at that a lot of times and go, okay, well, I don't know this person, but we have like 125, you know, mutual friends. So we're bound to like bump into each other. Like, hey! yep. You know, and this concert we were at last week, I saw, literally saw five separate people that I recognized from their profile photo and didn't say a word to me. I didn't say a word to them. We just kind of passed each other. I stood right behind one of them in line at the merch table for one of the bands didn't say a word to him and i don't think it wasn't because it's awkward it's just like well how do you tap him on the shoulder hey i think we're facebook well yeah and that's like awkward and weird like you're creepy if you say that so i know what you did last week so what the hell is the point of doing that then so but this is interesting because i have i don't know if i'm the only one this i'm sure i'm not i don't think that this is something unique to my friends and i look for five of them in that list so, like, if it says, oh, you got 20 of about 20 friends, and I look for five of them in that list. So, like, if it says, oh, you got 20, 25 mutual friends, right? I pull that list down, and I look for specific people, and if those specific people aren't in that mutual friends list, I don't mm-hmm. accept that person's friend request. Yeah, that's smart. Because yeah. I figure, like, well, they're... They're yeah. friends with other people I don't even really yep. know. I have a whole bunch of friend requests just sitting there in limbo I right do too. now. Because I'm like, I don't know you. Yeah, we have the 20 mutual friends, but I don't know who the hell you are. I've never seen you. Maybe you saw me speak somewhere, but I don't re- – nope. So I am i don't post on Facebook, but I just don't want you looking at my photos and, like, just lurking. And There's no I reason to even you. really post on Facebook anymore. I, like, the uh, metric is so bad. It gets shown oh, to horrible. so few people. Horrible. It's, it's crazy. Ridiculous. And that affects people. Like, I know people that we were just having this conversation at work that someone goes and posts something and, like, two of their friends click like. And they're like, does anyone like me? Do my yeah. friends even see this? And it's not even their friends. It's the stupid algorithm. Yeah, the algorithm, I, I, I noticed it changed late last year. It had changed earlier. It changes all the time. But I really noticed it on, like, my promotional Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So I was averaging, there's, like, I think nine or ten thousand people that like that promotional page. Yeah, and so when I posted something, it was getting between four and five thousand likes when I would post it. Mm-hmm. And then last year, about October, I noticed that that number dropped to like four hundred. Yep. 
and it's never gone over that. But every time I post now, it asks me if I want to boost it. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I have the same thing on Michigan's other side. It's got like 9,500 likes on it. Mm-hmm. If I post something on there, I'm lucky if like 100 people comment, yeah. click like. And I, I don't really share a lot of sometimes my personal stuff, but it's like MLive posts some interesting Michigan things. So it's like, eh, put that out there. If I go and post something from my personal website, I'm lucky if like 20 people click like. Yeah, that's, I swear because it knows. Like, ooh, you're trying know. to promote something that belongs to you. So, ooh, pay. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and we've tried it. Just to see what would happen, just for we fun. We tried to boost some ghostly we tr- talk we, stuff. We, we tried it. Just it was for horrible. Fun. It was it was a joke. It no, was pointless. you literally have to spend thousands yeah. of dollars in Stupid. those boosts. Like I've tried to boost stuff too. I've started like, well, what happens if I spend five dollars? Yeah, and then like nothing. And I'm like, what about twenty five? Nothing. Fifty. Nothing. Yeah. hundred. Nothing. And then I'm like, nothing I post is worth a hundred dollars. Nope. Yeah. No. And it's that's just not. And yeah, we tried that. It don't work. Yeah. It just don't work. So I'll. Like the whole idea of the organic crowd, the organic what it likes, right? How fucking pathetic are we now? Because that still drives me nuts when I hear that. Like, well, we got a whole bunch of. I mean, I hear you know friends of mine from bands, uh, other things that you know I I know people in, and they're like, well, we got all these likes now, and I'm like, you know, it's just funny hearing uh, you know a six and a half foot tall tattooed guy with hair down to his ass say, well, my band's got a whole bunch of likes on it on our Facebook. It just and, to me, it's just this weird and this weird thing. I don't. It cracks me up. And it's, it's legitimately like you know, if you're worried, this is I, I just kind of came into this because of my nephew. My nephew's 18. Like if if you're still talking about likes and clicks and stuff like that, you're an old person. Really, really, because. Like, my nephew's 18, doesn't use Facebook, doesn't use Twitter, doesn't use Instagram. Like, he uses WhatsApp with his friends to talk back and forth with his friends, looks at YouTube every now and then. Um, and then he named, like, three apps that I didn't pay attention to that they use. And, like, wow. Well, like, I heard that, like, five years ago. Like, oh, Facebook's for old people. And it really is now. Like, it absolutely is, like, your mom and your grandma, like, posting pictures of yeah. You know, their thumb and a wedding shower. Wow. Yeah. It's true. For, for real. I um, mean, it was the, I mean, Twitter, and I tried to do the Twitter thing. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter's we, weird. I think we have the, the Ghostly Talk Twitter account. I have a personal one, no, too. No, I, I share never stuff use. on it. And, and sometimes, oh, I was super excited this week uh, because we posted the show with, uh, who did we have on? Was it Jason Masalo? Masello? Why am I? Brandon. Masulo. Okay, I'm think I'm getting my names. Okay, you can't even say his name. No, no, much, no, much less I know, spell it. I know. Either, I spelled Amber. it wrong on the graphic. I yeah, fixed it. Go. I fixed it. <laughs> way to go. Anyway, I I had like a moment where I had all the feels because on Twitter, the person or the group that clicked like and shared was the Psychical Research Society. Oh and, yes. And I was like, oh, oh, thanks, guys. I oh, got. Cool. I have had a grudge against them. What? I have a grudge against them <laughs> oh, because don't do tell. because I grew up knowing about them and they're very important to the history of ghost hunting and ghost stalkers for as terrible as a show as it is we are the only paranormal show that's ever shown their logo and talked about them on air during an episode and they have never once retweeted something of mine 
or liked something of mine. Oh, my God. And yeah. it makes me – it's so fucking petty of me. I'm like, God damn it. Doesn't one person there understand that I literally introduced that to yeah. – one thousand people, and and and, <laughs> and you know, and you know why? You know why they probably shared it was because Brandon is kind of like a parapsychologist. He went and right. got a decide degree in he it in Edinburgh. Right. It, was, it was a pleasure. To oh, him. he it was it was he was really cool so to talk nice. to. Um, yeah, that was that was really that was cool. Um, yeah, but the whole thing is petty to me. All of it's petty. Yeah, it is. It's all a petty game. Like, well, you didn't. Look at my Instagram photo. You didn't. I'm sorry. You didn't click on the heart thing on my Instagram photo. I, what the hell's wrong with you? You I, think I'm a joke? What's wrong with you? I tell people all the time, and I even post it sometimes within the tweet when I post it, or or if I post something on Facebook, I'll even start off by saying like, "Listen, I know that this is my problem, and it's work I have to do on myself, but." Like you, you motherfuckers are stupid. Like, <laughs> like, like I know that's me. I know that that's me yeah, being petty yeah. and I know it's me being jealous about something or me not understanding someone's point of view. But like, I, I do feel the need to call out the fact that I know that it's my problem. Yeah. And people won't do that. People are like, no, you're fucking right. I'm like, no, I actually, I'm wrong. And I know that, but I still need to get this out of my system. Well, and you have a pretty successful Twitter account, I think. Yeah. It's like people respond and sometimes it's interesting what they respond with and sometimes it's not. That's the sucky thing about Twitter that anybody can post something and you're like, oh God, why did you say that? Like, okay. Twitter cool. is good. <laughs> I don't mean this in any way harmful if one of them is listening or any of them are listening or all of them are listening. But Twitter is weird for me because mm. there are a large – like my target demographic seems to be women of my age and slightly older who are interested in me. Okay. So when we Ooh. were at your talk with Kakaleski mm. – the yes. UFO talk you did, um, I noticed that the yes. the older women seemed to flock to you. And then uh, a older woman that was sitting by us, um, you came into the room and someone nudged her. And she goes, there's your man. There he is. And she's like, ooh. How does that feel? <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> and I mean, she was probably like 60s. <laughs> I mean, I'm a I, just, I, I think that people know this too. And I think it's part of that lore for women is that I am very much not interested in anyone or anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's like a, I can crack him right. type yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, well. I'll you, get him. Like, you get that vibe out there. I'll the wolves come, a, right. come a, yeah. Plus, I mean, I'm 48. I've never been married. I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. I'm clean. Right. Right, there's no baggage. I, uh, right, I uh, I seem to be a generally nice guy. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no uh, me too stuff yeah. out there about me because yeah. there's not because I've been a nice person my whole life, mm. and I feel like it's just a perfect storm. I'll bake him the right casserole. I'll get him. <laughs> oh yeah, so yes indeed. We were talking about you know the internet and how well, frustrating it is. So today I found this book. Yeah, I saw this on the table when we were we've been doing the sh- moving <laughs> stuff around, and we come across this thing. We thought it was um, pretty funny. So um, working at libraries, of course, I, I get my hands on all kinds of books that end up going to the garbage. And this is you can surf the net. It's here. It's now. It's the future. This is from 1995. Catch the wave. Okay, so I was looking at the table I get it. of sucks. contents. So. Um, what can you do on the net? Okay. Email, news groups, and web surfing. These are the three things you can do on the internet in 1995. Getting That's online. That's right. Sign me up. How to get online in an instant. All about modems. 
Ooh. Ooh, that's the big one. Exploring yeah. the net, and I love how they did this. I want my FTP. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is vintage. FTP. And that shows you how old it is. All the FTP files like your the hard drive can hold. Ever. No. And uh, yeah, so I, I found this, and I, I really, I kind of want to, I can't throw it out now. I no, can't. You threw no, that in the this room. This is too great. You How to that? join a news group. It's amazing that even back then, they wouldn't acknowledge porn. The very first image I ever saw that came across the internet, yeah. quote unquote, was someone having sex with someone else. Yeah. A guy I worked with like in 1995, 96, he was one of my managers where I worked at, and it was at a bar, and we'd work really late, obviously, <clears throat> and... He come up to me one day. He's like, "Hey, man, I got America Online," and he he knew I was working on computers right. and stuff like that. I'm like, "Well, great, that's good. Glad to hear that." He's like, "Well, I got you. Got to show me how how to make it work." I'm like, "Well, yeah, I can show." You. He's like, "Well, no, I I want to no, I want to know how it works." And he knit, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, dude, really?" So here I am at like three thirty in the morning at this guy's apartment. Okay, so I guess that what you got to do here is you have to go into this. Because AOL had... Uh, they had chat rooms. Chat rooms. That's yeah. all it really was, was chat rooms. And you yeah. go in there, and every fucking creeper on the planet was in there. Yeah. And it was weird. It was weird. A really weird time. Do you know. remember, or you might remember this, you would mm. go into an AOL chat room, and you would wait for someone to, to say that there was going about to be an MM going out. A mass mail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And then they would specify whether it was going to be porno <laughs> or software. Yeah. And so I would like get on these MMs for software, mm. and then because I was on a fourteen four modem at the time, oh yeah, speed. Like it would start at ten o'clock at night, yeah, and then in the morning it would be at like two percent. Yeah, it would have to. It would it would have to yeah. run for like a week. Yeah. for you to get it. Yeah, and that was the old days of Napster. So oh yeah, I have a list here of about online manners. Do you want to know? Oh god, well, how you they should to... be the same as they are today. Okay, if you ignore the following, you may get flamed. Uh oh. Ooh. So right away they want you to read the FAQ. There's nothing worse Fact. when you're having a chat than to have someone barge in and ask a dumb question. That's still relevant. If you're joining a news group or mailing list for the first time, read the frequently asked questions file first, if there is one. If that doesn't answer your question, then you can feel free to ask the group. Don't go what the hell? Don't go to alt.basketweaving and start talking about Pearl Jam. Don't do it. Don't do it. In other words, make sure you're in the right it. place. Do it. Then it's shh. If you type everything in capitals, you are like you are shouting. That's still true. That's this is so, like the this is like the troller's like handbook right here. Yeah. yeah. The, the troll's um, handbook. Repetition. If you're replying to someone, don't quote an enormous chunk of their message before your own comment. Oh, Snip bullshit. it down to the pertinent points. Some people have to pay to download their email messages. They don't want to spend money to read the same thing twice. Who had to download, pay to download their email? That was an etiquette thing in the early days. I, I remember that because, like, for work, for example, like, like in the like, you know mid nineties to like late nineties, if I got an email from someone that had like a whole bunch of text in there, like, oh, a I do remember that. Yeah, I, I would, I would take the thing and break it down into all the fundamental points, and then I would break those things down and copy and paste them in, and say, okay, well, here's your first thing, and then I'd put my answer. And then here's your second thing. And I put my answer. And I thought I was giving a very concise, clean answer to all their questions. So it was clear. And I used to be like, that's rude. You know that? It's not rude. I'm communicating with you. I'm trying to do it in the best way I know how to do because you sent me an entire paragraph with 15 questions in it. You didn't break anything up. Uh, but, yeah, it was like considered faux pas 
to do what I did apparently at that time. Interesting. It, it was a weird mm. thing, and I'm sure there's people out there that, uh, who listen to this well, show that may know what I'm talking about. I don't. There's know. a couple more important points. Oh God! If you oh. write something that is meant to be a funny or sarcastic, <clears throat> use a smiley. That's people still do that. Or yeah, that might that's, be taken the wrong way. Um, other rules. If you're lucky enough to have internet access at home, Ooh. you probably won't need to be told about the following rules, but they're worth repeating. Uh, <laughs> make sure the person who actually pays the telephone and internet company bill knows when you're online. <laughs> it's a big one. Wow. That's why it's important to get those free wow. AOL discs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, this was a super fun oh, book God. and I'm not getting rid of it. Because this is like so vintage. Well, it's funny because there. I, I mean, just a few things. A few things that you read there. They still do apply today. Yeah, they do. There's some stuff that still does apply. Cyberspace is the place to be. No, it's not. It's you can visit your favorite band in the recording studio and even learn how to make a record of your own on the internet. I love how the one uh, there was something That's that the, the one back. thing that went away with the internet that I always thought was interesting was in the '90s. In the late 90s, when everybody was kind of switching off AOL and starting yeah. to get different providers and there was actually starting to be a internet, mm. there was this huge conversation about, like, it's going to be – it's not going to be a, a box inside of a box. Like, we're going to start developing, like, you're going to be able to go deep dive, like, virtual reality into it. Mm-hmm. And that went on – like, that whole idea of, like, a virtual internet that you actually interacted with, like, Flash came up all of a sudden and you could, like – Buttons would move. Yeah, and JavaScripting was making words move around the page, and things looked like they were floating. And then, within like five years, people were like, "Fuck it, it's just going to look like a newspaper on a television screen." <laughs> yeah, like, like and that's still what that we're was at. really a glorious time, though. I mean, with Flash, for example, Macromedia Flash. Yeah. I thought that was like I wanted to learn that so bad, but I just didn't have the time to do it. And I also was a shitty artist. I still am. Uh, but people that had those skills for that window, oh yeah. I mean, as far as in the industry of that, those people raked it in. They were naming their price at the time, and just to be on the internet at that time, and people were really doing some elaborate stuff. Mm-hmm. There was some beautiful stuff I saw from people, just artists or bands or whatever I, I was checking out. Absolutely, they were doing entire music videos on Flash yeah. with their music behind it. It was super cool. Uh, it was a beautiful thing, but it was uh, you know it was obviously a band with Hog. For, that was a big problem people had with that. So over time, and, I'm, and it's still happening now, I mean, if you look at the Internet, and we had a long talk with, with our buddy Fugate about this too. I mean, everything is, is centralizing again now. You know, everything was decentralized for so many years on the Internet. Everybody had their own space. Yep. Everybody had their own house you could go and visit. And that was their rules. And it's not like that now. Like every business, artist, whatever thing it may be they're doing, they all just start with – a Facebook page or an Instagram yep. page or a Twitter account or, yeah. or uh, usually of, all of them. A lot right? of people don't even have websites anymore. No, they they, don't. Especially bands. They just use Bandcamp. Or... Well, no, they'll they'll buy a URL. And then forward yeah. it to Bandcamp. Forward it yep. to Bandcamp or yep. forward it over to Facebook or something like that. And why not? Let them pay the bill on that, yeah. right? So, <clears throat> excuse me, that's where things have gone now, where things are much more streamlined. And, I mean, if you really look at Facebook, and that's the one thing that turned me out. And I've talked about this before. Here, there was this weekend that I discovered, like, it just seemed like everything shifted from MySpace to Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we were in we were in uh, Decatur, Illinois, mm-hmm. and we're on Trey Taylor's conferences, and we had a table there and whatnot, and we came there, and it was MySpace, MySpace, MySpace. And when I got there that whole weekend, I'm listening to people talk, 
And not one time was MySpace mentioned. It was all Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Yeah. It was like 10 years ago, over 10 years ago now. And I, I remember just being like, okay, what in the... And I know there's there's a lot... They've explained it now. There's a lot of gooey stuff you can learn about with Tom Smith and those guys. Um, but it just was this weird shift there. Everybody said, fuck MySpace. Yeah. I'm going to Facebook now. And everybody just migrated over there, and MySpace is now just kind of this floating tomb. There's, this, there's this, Yeah, for sure. And there's this very weird thing that I've noticed, too, which is like, I think it must be, that must have happened around, what, 2006? Two, what, 2007, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah around, around there. there. Yeah, 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 right around there. Yeah. Because I was going to say, like, there, there's this weird chunk <laughs> of, like, three years of movies from, like, 2003 to 2007, where at the end... And television shows too. After the credits roll, they give a MySpace Earl on screen. Mm. Yeah, like it's at the end of a television show. Yeah, like yeah. credits will roll, and then the MySpace Earl will be up there. Yeah, yeah. Or like yeah. at the end of the movie, like you'll see and visit our MySpace page. Yeah, yeah. And it's so strange to see on screen. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's it's and we're not even a decade. Yeah, a little over a decade. Yeah. It's and it's like it's gone. Gone. I mean, there was the recent article with MySpace where they they're still out there. Yeah. Um, they ever, tried to make pushes and to do other things with art artists and whatnot, but the newest thing was they lost like eight nine years. I mean, I could be wrong. Right. They lost a shit ton of music. Like all these bands that put their music on MySpace, they just lost it all. Some some storage admin pushed the wrong button and just wiped everything oh, out wow. accidentally. I'm sure that's what happened. And you know, everybody was like freaking out about it. I'm like, well, okay, wait. I, the, I know I played in a band at that time, and we had our music on MySpace, but I still have all that music. Right. It's not a big deal to me now. I haven't been there in ten years, literally. Um, I'm not worried about it, but it was a big. Everybody was freaked out about it for some reason. I'm like, why is everybody so freaked out? Who cares? Do you think that being in bands at that time, people? uploaded like their mp3s they like made digital copies of all their music and then uploaded them and then because of storage and capacity on their home computers they deleted the original oh, for files sure. you, they know, did, you know someone which did is that. dumb i mean it's just i keep a, i keep three copies of everything I yeah own. of course just, i mean just how I but am. we're all we are all somewhat mentally deficient in that way and the fact that we love to store and collect yeah. things yeah yeah and most people yeah. are like well I'll just put it somewhere and i guess it'll be there forever yeah, and it's, no. it's i know it's not going to be i don't know i mean i, I speak as somebody you know who's recorded stuff and whatnot and it's like no that stuff i have like a like a uh, a throne or an altar upstairs that's just dedicated to everything that i've been a part of like yeah. I've, I've been a part of creating for as far as music's concerned and that includes like tape reels oh yeah dat tapes uh, master CDs, glass masters, they used to call them, from, from production plants. And then uh, ultimately, like, you know, the, the copies, yeah. you know, the album, the whole finished product. So, I mean, there's no way I'm going to lose anything. Right. Just, unless, well, never mind, I don't want to say that. But, I mean, I just, it's all there. So, when I heard that, I'm like, huh, well, that's, somebody's going to lose their job over that. That's kind of sucky for them, but I don't really care. It don't I, matter to I'm me. Some, I'm glad someone aside from me has... Um, horrible old disintegrating reel-to-reel tapes yeah. yeah like i have a bunch from the late 80s and 90s of like my punk and rock bands like three quarter inch tape and two inch tape and yeah. i i mean it's probably bakeable to play one more time but probably not my favorite band that i've mentioned over all the years here holy terror that's one of my most prized possessions i have is when those guys did a remaster of all the music for a label for a reissue in 2006 
yeah, it was 2006 now. Uh, Kurt called me and said, hey, man, so we're, I've been lucky enough to become friends with these guys over the years. That's a whole long story. But um, he called me and said, hey, man, I have, we're, we, we got everything. I know, Amber, I'm putting my fucking arm <laughs> I in I want to do it too. <laughs> um, uh, everybody feel like, it? Yeah. Are you feeling like, it, I brother? know. It's like Are you're you witnessing. Holy terror. Yeah. Holy terror. It's like you're witnessing while you're talking. <laughs> no, but Kurt called me and said, hey, man, so we're going to be dumping all this stuff to Pro Tools for these remasters and doing a digital remaster of everything. So we don't really need the tapes anymore. I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, would you like them? I'm like, would I? I'm surprised they said they didn't need them. I don't know. Would I? Well, I mean, I did it. Well, that's something those guys did over like 35 years ago. They're over it. I mean, a lot. I'm I'm not, <laughs> but right. but I mean, they're over it. And Kurt knew go. You know, he knows me as because he's well, been he's yeah. been he's been to my home before, and he knows what kind of a hoarder I am. So he knew it was going to go to a place that was safe, yeah. and it still is. I mean, so I, I have those things. Two I inch also reels. feel that sometimes bands do that in the hopes that it will persist, and that it will be discovered at some point in the future, like. The idea of there are a number of movies throughout history from the 1920s and 30s which were completely lost. Yeah. And then they get found in someone's closet. Mm -hmm. Or they get found in a hospital drawer of a hospital that's been abandoned for 50 years. And I feel like sometimes bands and people unconsciously are like, we have to get it away from us so that if anything happens to us, Something of us will still it's exist. It's like they're going Gobekli Tepe. Oh, uh, we that was two years ago now, but that was Bury like it. Suspiria. They'll find it later. <laughs> we saw we and saw it'll a change history. Yeah, it'll be on National Geographic. <laughs> Me and my movie nerd friends went out to Ann Arbor here in Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, Michigan uh, University of Michigan, uh, because they were screening. Was it at the Michigan Theater? I think it's the Michigan Theater out there. It's called the Michigan Theater. Um, they were doing a screening of Suspiria. Mm-hmm. And the story is just like what you're talking about. This was a print. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still recovering here. Um, this was a print that they were, it, it was found in an old, shut down, dilapidated theater in Italy. Yeah. And it was just sitting there on a shelf. And, the, and somebody just was urban exploring it probably. And they said, that's Suspiria? And it was an original print. Right. So, um, what they took, they did with that film is they brought it over here, and the Film Society of America or whoever, big people, the the real movie snobs, they said, well, we're gonna we're gonna tour this reel, right, from from place to place, and <coughs> I'm sorry, guys, no, it's fine. Um, we need to get cough buttons. I need, well, yeah, I need more cough drops. One of the two. So, what they did was really nice. Is it's, it was all in Italian. There was no subtitles. This was an Italian, you know, just. Nothing there. You can't read anything. So these people were nice enough to actually create all the subtitles on a laptop. They wrote it in a oh, program, wow. and they just did another projector onto the screen while we watched it. Oh, that's cool. So it was amazing. I mean, to watch a, you know a, a true print of this movie, right? Uh, and you know, you could see it was faded a little bit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you know because was it Dario Argento who did yeah. that filming? Mean, just the richness, the reds, and how just how dense that movie looked. So you saw there was a little bit. Of, of a of a fade to it, and the sound, I had to put earplugs in because the sound was so midi, right? And it was killing my ears, and that's why I bring earplugs for just that reason. But to see that be discovered, and it's, then yeah. and then be toured like that, it's exactly what you're talking about. Somebody, I don't, and you know, I think it's just a matter of like, you know, it's a story, and I always say this: like one man's trash is another man's treasure. It's it's this thing where 
you know, in any type of trades or collectibles, you get people like, oh, yeah, I just found this in my grandpa's basement. It's just been sitting there for 300 years. Well, that's like... It's worth like $10,000, It's like all the reel-to-reel tapes that I have. Like, I have have this huge collection of reel-to-reel tapes from the 1950s, and they're all L. Ron Hubbard because he used to send... You could send whatever two amazing stories. You'd send, like, $2, and he was formulating this new system of psychology, and he would send you a reel-to-reel tape, and so I have all these yeah. reel-to-reel tapes of L. Ron Hubbard talking. And, it, and some of the tapes are like, I don't know what I said in the last tape that I sent you. <laughs> but in this tape, I'll be talking about the gonad. Oh, and like, oh wow. And, Far yeah. Okay. And, and, and someone was just like, when I went to an, this estate sale one time, I was like, what is that? And they're like, it's a whole bunch of crazy. It's a crazy guy talking about something or other. And I was like, what do you want for him? And they were like, just give, give me 50 cents a piece for him. Wow. Yeah. And then I took him. I took, actually took him to Antiques Roadshow last yeah, year. Yeah. Okay. Is that what you brought? That's what I brought. Cool. And they told me that I should insure them for 500 a piece. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, because it's him talking about Dianetics before he published the book Dianetics. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So it, they do get pretty crazy. He does Did talk about the going Did you end up getting on the show? No. Oh, damn it. No. And they told me that they probably wouldn't show that. They brought the cameras and everything over Aww. and filmed it. And then after we were done, I had to sign all the paperwork saying they yeah. could show it. And then one of the producers was like, you know, this might not make it onto television because it, it is controversial. Yeah. Like Aww. that you have – this religious stuff. And I was going to say, that's probably the problem right there. Is well, it's going to stir up too much. Scientology Yeah, it's going to stir up too much. But come on, that's super cool. But that's cool yeah. to learn that. It's crazy And stuff, how many though. do you have? 30. Wow, what a good find. Yeah. That's you amazing. Know, the whole collecting trade like that, I mean, obviously one thing I have experience in is the, the vinyl record thing. Mm-hmm. It's been getting more and more ridiculous every year. And... Friends of mine, I got so many friends that work at record stores, and they and they crack up. We always laugh about this because somebody will go in their grandparents' basement <clears throat> and find a pile of you know Herb Albert records or whatever right. they made. Herb <laughs> Albert, Johnny Mathis, yeah. and uh, Mitch Miller, Chet Atkins. Yeah. You get a lot of those too, and they think they're sitting on a gold mine. Mm-hmm. Right? And the yeah. thing was, it's simple. It's very simple when it comes to like you know recorded product like that and units. A lot of that stuff. There was they sold millions. Yeah. Those people were like like the Beatles. Like people think they say have a Beatles record, it's worth so much money, and that's where you, that gets really nerdy because there's so many pressings and so many different things. But a lot of the common like U.S. pressings, they they sold like four, five, ten million of those things. Yeah. So they're very common. So people will go into a record store now and thinking, oh my god, I'm going to clean up on this whole record thing. I'm going to make thousands of dollars, and they go, oh, I'll give you ten cents for that. I'll give you a quarter for that. Right. And they and they get all pissy and go, "What the hell's the problem here?" I have really, I have yeah. all this. Amazing Everyone stuff. has a copy of Every, Herb, it's it's common. Uh, man. T one what what is it? The one I whipped cream and other delights. Oh, her yeah, Herb Albert. Like whipped cream I swear and other to God, like, like, everyone has. My a grandparents copy of that. had a copy of that. I inherited the girl when they with the whipped away. cream on her. By the way, uh, my connection to whipped cream and other delights since oh. you brought it up. Oh, who? <laughs> uh, my mentor Craig, who is the Kennedy assassinologist yeah. that started me. His father was the photographer of whipped cream what? and other delights. Oh, four that's out. wild. Yeah. So there oh you go. There's my Six degrees. Wow, well, yeah, right? And other yeah. delights. The Kevin Bacon thing. When I worked uh, for a little while at Dave's Comics in Royal Oak, Dave and I, we used to talk about collectibles. And yeah. Dave said, if you want to collect, he said, first of all, collect something you love. That way, whether it's worth money or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, you'll be happy just because you're collecting what you love. He goes, mm-hmm. if you're going to collect something that you want to be worth money in 30 or 40 years, he said, then go to like a McDonald's or a Burger King and collect all of the cups 
and all of the papers they wrap hamburgers in yeah. and all the things they keep french fries in because those designs are going to change. But right now, someone is looking at it and they're growing up with it. Yeah. And 30 years from now, they're going to want yeah. that youth and you're going to be the one that has my cup, of my co- yes. my Coke used to come in this yeah, cup. Yeah, I have a McDonald's I, bib, like right over there. Like you used to go to McDonald's and you could get the little bib with Grimace. Yeah. And it's worth something okay. to someone because yeah, it have sparks it. childhood. I won't, yeah. And it, those, and it gets thrown away. It's not made to be collectible. Yep. <laughs> they used to have those special edition glasses you could get. All of them did. Burger King, King, McDonald's. Love and those my glasses. parents have. Star Wars, Muppets. Tons of those. Yeah. And I know those are, you know, it's. Again, those are things that we used to drink out of when we were kids. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm cool. We'll just keep this. This is really neat stuff. That's so true, though, because the record trade, like we were talking about, I, I've had this convert. You know, we'll be at shows or whatever, and I'll find like, oh, look at that, you know. And then somebody would look at me and be like, oh, that record sucked. I'm like, you know, and it's not worth anything. I'm like. But this was really special to me because, A, I should punch you in the face for saying it sucked, you jerk off. But, B, um, this was just something I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I got a, I may have, I, I, ha, I probably had a copy of it already, but it's like, I'm just going to buy it again because it's freaking cool. Right? right. So it's something that means something to me. And yeah. it don't have to be expensive for it to mean something to you. That's what I tell people all the time about this stuff. You know, and there, because you have the flipper thing now, like the record store day thing just happened recently. And we were watching this happen. We were watching this happen. People were going to the stores that morning, buying the product, bringing it home. And my buddy was literally on eBay oh, you, yeah, watching them flip it. Yeah. Watching them flip the stuff for like three yeah. to four times the amount they paid for it. Well, there's going to be someone out there that's like in some, you know, Montana somewhere where there's no local record store day going on because right. they don't have that. So that's the only way they can well, get there was it. A, I told you that box set that I got from that band Sleep. Remember the one that came well, in the mail? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I had to like... Get a subscription um, to Third Man for that, for example. Right. And it was $60. And I really wanted it because I really liked that band. It's like, and all my friends are like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, dude, you might as well just bite the bullet and go through the paperwork on this one if you really want it. Because as soon as it drops, when it ships, mm-hmm. there's people that are already getting it for the sole purpose of putting it on eBay and selling it right. for like three or $400. Yeah. And sure enough, I saw it happen. I'm like... You scumbags. You yeah, I, bags. I follow a number of like small press <laughs> publishers who publish like occult books and stuff. And they'll put one book out a year and they'll do 500 copies. And each copy is usually like if you get the, they'll do a hard cover and a soft cover. They'll do 200 of the hard cover and they'll do like 400 of the soft cover. Yeah. And the hard cover is usually like 90 to 120 wow. bucks. But the thing is, it as soon as they announce it, it sells out immediately. And then once it's released, I see them on eBay for seven or eight hundred dollars. Wow! But do yeah. they sell? Have you ever seen one sell? Oh, yeah. Wow! Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That whole thing is just like I said: one man's trash, another man's treasure. It's just how that's what it all sums up to me with that kind of stuff. So, I when we were talking earlier, when we said John was coming, we I said we we have to steer it to paranormal. <laughs> some point yeah I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the ticker right now we're, we're, we're just north of 45 minutes well we realized yeah. that like last time you were here we did like a three-hour the most non-paranormal right, talk right, ever right. so we did? i thought we got i thought we did i, I think we touched I, on it early maybe? on and then just walked away and from then, it yeah and then I'll, <laughs> but no, the, i don't, I don't want to dwell in the paranormal right now because we don't have to but I do want to, you just went to a cryptozoology conference in Maine. The International Cryptozoology Conference, the fourth, um, fourth annual. And that was, it's Lauren Coleman puts that on. And so, right, he's the one yep. that, okay. So, 
cryptozoology has been enjoying like a renaissance again, I feel like. Yeah, for and sure. And I think that's cool because that's always been like the bastard child of like the paranormal, like Bigfoot and all that stuff. Like, oh, that shit doesn't exist, whatever. And I, I think people are looking at it through a different lens now. Did you get that feeling when you were there? Or, I mean, what was the vibe with – because I know you said it was a little academic yeah, uh, yeah, with, with, with his yeah minutes. with his speakers. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, the thing that's interesting is that obviously we've all talked about how the component tentacles of the octopus don't like to deal with each other, mm-hmm. that UFO yeah. people don't like to talk yep. to whoever. Cryptozoologists are – very deeply rooted in it being animals, like something physical. And they don't want to talk about it being extraterrestrial or interdimensional or spiritual or archetypal or anything like that. And there is still that very much so. But if you give people the option to get weird with it, then they will because they understand that, you know, I asked a couple people because I was saying some odd things about Bigfoot and Chupacabra and Mm -hmm. Mothman. And I said, so you've followed Bigfoot tracks before? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, and you followed them to the Bigfoot? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why not? And they're like, well, because sometimes they just stop. Yeah. And I go, but that, if it's a physical animal, then they don't just stop. Like, you should have been able to map out the direction it went and then find the footprints 15 feet later and start following it again and yeah, follow yeah. it to its – and they're like, yeah, but it doesn't really work. Like That's really good at hiding. Oh. <laughs> just and, jumps and, up and into I'm a like, tree. And I'm like, but it could also just not be physical. Like, you know, when the Native Americans would speak of Sasquatch, they talked about him as a nature spirit. Like, maybe it's just a part of nature and it just appears to the, in that form. And they, you can see it in their eyes that they, they really want it because it gives them one more avenue for Bigfoot to exist, which is what they want. Mm-hmm. And so even though they've been told it's an ape, it's a large primate, it's a relic hominoid, like whatever, they want as many options on the table as possible. But they've been told, like, we can't have that option. So then when someone like me and they'll say, like, well, it's not a ghost. And I'll say, like, well, you know, we – People used to search for ghosts in the 1800s by putting talcum powder on the floor because ghosts will leave footprints. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And then you can see their gears starting to turn. And they're like, oh, well, did well, did the Native Americans really think it was a nature spirit? It's like, yeah, it's like the legend of the green man. It's like a folk spirit. It's an earth yeah, spirit. Yeah. And, and then you can see them like getting excited about the fact that the thing that they're being told is wrong and can't be possible a whole nother channel has opened up for them to be able to say, yeah, but maybe, which is what they want. Yeah. Well, I, we've talked about this maybe with you, maybe not on the show, or we, we've had this conversation where there is this rub, grind, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, with these different silos out there. Uh, that, what we just discussed, I mean, people, I think, you know, the true, like, an you know, old school cryptozoologist, they think it's just this physical thing. Uh, then it may just be an animal. Right. An elusive animal we can't we can't find, which I would never rule that out myself Well, then that either. does happen. Like you all of a sudden find something you thought was <laughs> extinct and it shows up like sure. that. Like, what, what's one of those deep sea things? I always forget what it's like called. Like Archituthis, like the giant octopus or the like, coelacanth. Yeah, that's the like one I'm that. thinking of. Yeah. And, and so that stuff just like rolls in one day and you're like, holy shit. Or like how they used to think like the giant squid didn't exist. And then one day like, well, there it is. Right. Um, so, sure. I, the physical thing could be a fact, but yeah. I, I 
I, yeah, you have to explore other options well, with this and, and look at it in different facets. You can't just say, well, you know, well and I started, biology. I started my lecture because it was very academic and there were these PhDs and doctors there and a woman who studies slow lorises in Asia and a guy who studies reptiles in England. And when I started my lecture, I said, listen, it's all subjective and it's based on our personal experiences. I said, so how many people here believe in extraterrestrials? And I kind of switched up my normal opening. And I said, how many people here believe in extraterrestrials? And some people raised their hands. I said, how many people believe in Bigfoot? And of course, most of them raised their hands. Yeah, yeah. And they said, how many people here believe in gnomes? And everybody laughed. Oh. Right? And so I said, okay, so let's break down what I just said. An extraterrestrial, which is an alien, the etymology of alien is someone foreign to this land. And no, like half of you said that that's a real thing. I go, but there are people who are foreign to this land, which is what I might have been talking about. And yeah. you already are disagreeing with me that there aren't people who are foreign to this land. I said, then I asked you about Bigfoot, which is a big hominid, a big ape in the United States that no one has ever caught, that no one has hair samples of, that we have some random footprints of. That's the one you believe in most. And then I asked you if you were if you believed in gnomes and you all laugh, but the etymology of gnome, gnome is an earth dweller. It's mm. it's it's Greek. It's it's uh, gnomis, right? So it's one who dwells on or in the earth. And I said, and that's just humans. Like humans are gnomes. We we're earth dwellers. Mm-hmm. And absolutely here, no one here believed that that was a possibility because yeah. of what you're thinking. I think the word means. And you're thinking your own version. So we have to start off on a level playing field. And if we're going to have these discussions, whether it's about ghosts or UFOs or gnomes or Bigfoot or whatever, we need to sit down. We need to discuss what the word is going to mean. Then we can start having a more meaningful conversation. Because as long as you think Bigfoot is an ape and I think Bigfoot is an ape and something archetypal and a nature spirit, like I, I think there's as many different type of Bigfoot as there are different type of people. Yeah. And if you only think it's one thing, we're going to have difficulties in our conversation. Well, this idea is making more and more sense to me. I'll be honest. When I heard the idea that Bigfoot, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, Bigfoot is an extraterrestrial. Bigfoot is a ghost. We've heard that. Bigfoot is an interdimensional traveler. All these ideas crack me up because, again, I was raised sort of, I guess, raised to believe that Bigfoot is a Bigfoot. Yeah. Right. It's, it's this real thing, flesh and blood, uh, walking around, and we just can't seem to find the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more I thought, you know, I thought that idea was ridiculous. Uh, Bigfoot's an alien. Bigfoot's an interdimensional traveler. It cracked me up. But then the more I thought about it, and the more people I talked to, of course, too, I'm like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, well, like, why not? Well, not even why <laughs> it's not. It's an option. And I'm not saying, I, you know, it's what I believe, but... I'm like, well, we had to have found the damn thing, a, a carcass or something by now. I, it just, it, how many years have we been? Well, I mean, but you don't walk around the wood, <clears throat> woods seeing deer carcasses everywhere. You know, no, I you're mean, right. But, I, I, but I, there is the fossil record. So you find dinosaurs, you find other things. So, but I, I don't, I don't know. There's always people that say, like, you read those old, old I can't talk. The old articles about them finding, like, giant bones and that sure. could potentially be, like, Bigfoot bones but, and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, and the Smithsonian whisked them away. They're hiding them. I mean, it's it's difficult because – so, like, first of all, in North America, it's going to be hard at all because anything that's over 12,000 years old is gone because the ice scraped it away. So it's like we have very little fossil record already in the United States. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the arguments that Bigfooters can use for there mm. not being a fossil record. The other thing is that – 
if you talk to most Bigfooters who are flesh and blood Bigfooters, they'll tell you that in the United States, there's probably only a viable population, which it, it could be viable of about 3,000 spread across the entire United States. And Michigan has 7 million deer in it, right? Right. Yeah. So if you think there's only 3,000 of these Bigfoot across the United States, you're never going to see them, especially if they're trying to stay away from us. If they use generational dens like bears, like there are bears that have been using the same dens for 300 years. Wow. And we don't know where their dens are at. They're so well hidden. But animals also, I mean, let's assume that Bigfoot is an animal. Right. I guess the, the idea of what an animal is. They, from what I understand, I mean, this is something that I've seen with animals. You've experienced this, Amber, where animals, a lot of times when they're like dogs or cats, for example, domesticated type animals, when they're dying, mm-hmm. they hide. Oh, they yeah. go somewhere right. to die. Yes. Yeah. They go somewhere just to where they don't feel vulnerable anymore and they just go to die. Yeah. Um, they'll hide, whatever it may be. They, you, but they'll crawl not, in caves, they'll go under trees, they'll dig holes. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, like, we had, I, it's, it's a hilarious story, but yeah, we were having work done here a few years ago and I'm talking to one of the contractors on the front porch here and as we're in the middle of our conversation, he looks to his left in the garden in the front of the house here, and he's like, you know, you got a dead cat in your garden. Oh, yeah, that was sad. And I looked over, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And there was a dead cat. It was cat, summer, just, too. I'm just, just, just yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, laying there. And I'm yeah. like, what the hell? You know, and I mean, that must have been a sudden death. The cat must have right. just keeled over because, it, yeah, it wasn't the middle of summer. Um uh, but you don't see that very often. Right. You, I rarely see stuff like that. I mean, yeah, you see dead animals, and it's usually on the road. Yep. On the side of the road where I've they're trying to cross. I've heard some serious cat fights, though. Like, it, that is a disturbing sound when you hear, like, two animals going at it. And oh, yeah. you're like, where the hell is that coming from? Oh, my God. Especially cats. Yeah. Like, their howl is like, what? Well, dude, just this morning, this Jen, oh, Jenny. Yeah, 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 our cat. Our, our beloved fur baby that runs around the house now. I'm laying in bed. This is the first Scott heard this. I've heard my this normal, before. My normal routine is I'm up about 6.37, but I slept in this morning. I didn't have to get up quite as early. So I'm like, you know, my, I, every day, you know, 6.37, I get up, and then she's staring up at us, smiling. Right. Or not smiling. Pet me, pet me. Pet, pet me, me, feed, feed me, me, do all the cool stuff, brush me, get you know, do all my cleaning, do everything for me, do my bidding. Scoop my poop. Human, right? right? Uh, and I just slept in, so it was an hour late. And I'm laying there in bed. And I just hear just I don't, what was the sound? I don't know how to describe it. Then. Oh, was she chattering? Yeah, yeah, and it scared the crap out of me because I haven't heard he, it he yet. He jumps up because I was kind of up looking at my phone, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna freak out. He hasn't heard this yet." I thought she was like sick, right? Or she was doing something in the hallway. I didn't know what was going on, and I run out there, and she's just staring at me like you know. Just yeah, middle, middle finger paws in the hand going, dude, where's my food at? You haven't done anything yet. I can't work in this environment. Right. Right. And I'm like, what the hell? I look at her. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Amber. I'm like, what the hell's going on? She's like, it's just her getting our attention. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, she certainly did. She nearly gave me a heart attack too. I've heard it actually louder than what she did today. And I did jump up because I was like, what the, f- oh my God, she's dying. And, oh, so, I mean. You're hungry. But my point was just that, like animals go somewhere to die mm-hmm. so we hear this thing about over and over again well there was never a carcass found so you know why haven't we found a carcass if there's a big foot out there and that's just another thing i think i'm like they go so if they're dying yeah and i mean the other thing is too is like if you know there are big footers who say that it's an ape and then you have big footers who say that like it's a it's a relic hominid like it's a descendant it's a it's a you know it 
it is very possible we have now found that our common ancestors, the Cro-Magnons and Neanderthals, were were intermixing. Yeah. Right. They yep. existed at the same time. Yeah. And and we've also found bones of smaller primates that existed at the same time as Cro-Magnon Neanderthal. Now. They were developing Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal were were developing communication skills. They were they were starting to pass down stories to each other. So we already have two different type of species of human living with smaller primates that that could have become from our branch at a time when communication is being passed back and forth. So there's already the possibilities of memory of when there were other humans on mm-hmm. this planet, right? Yeah. Now, if there is a relic human still living on the planet, if it's more human and less primate, it might have its own barrier rituals. It might not just right? be going yeah. off to die. It yeah. might actually exactly. be burying itself right? or, or the family is burying itself. If it's more human than primate, then it probably has an extended lifespan. It might live to be 60 or 70 years old. That means the Patterson-Gimlin footage, Patty, and that, and yeah. if, that was a, if that was a youth Bigfoot, that was only 50 years ago. That's, that particular Bigfoot could still be alive and only be 66 years old yeah. at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, If they live in small family groups, if you have a mom, a dad, and maybe one or two kids, and they move together in a family group. Mm. Like, so, I mean, there's all these possibilities that would make it super hard to find a physical Bigfoot. Yeah. But that doesn't discount the fact that there might also be something else. Because if we're going to live in a world where we also talk about the possibility of ghosts, then why wouldn't Bigfoot have ghosts too when they die? So maybe you're also seeing the ghost of Neanderthals and the ghost of Cro-Magnons and the ghost of whatever the relic is that's walking around the Pacific Northwest right now. Yeah. Maybe the Indians knew how to get in touch with the ghosts. Right. You're of just seeing a residual Bigfoot. like Neanderthal yeah, going for sure. by. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Scott just looked like his brain melted. No, no, no. I mean, I, no, I didn't melt. I just didn't know that there was another way to look at this yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's what I'm finding more and more about this. As I said before, I just I discounted this a lot, too, just a couple of years ago and said, no, it's a, it, it's a fucking hate, man. We just got to find one sometime down the road. But I think there may be more to this story. There yeah. really is more to this story. I mean, just, you know. Animal ghosts, which I always find interesting, animal ghosts were, are the first, are the most ancient ghost stories that we have. So, like, some of the oldest ghost stories that we have are from the Greeks and the Romans, right? And, yeah. And the Greeks and the Romans used to venerate female horses because they could produce offspring, of course, with male horses helping, yeah. helping them out. But, <laughs> but the whole the whole point, you knew that something was going to go wrong if a female horse ran away. Like, And so these... These ghost stories that we have would would basically be centered around hearing a ghost of a horse running away from you, and you knew that bad things would befall you, and that actually translates. Oh, I tapped the table. I could kind of hear it. Uh oh. Oh no. I'll do. I'll tap the chair. I'll tap the <laughs> oh, chair. My God. That actually translates down to like why we talk about having nightmares because mares are female horses, nocturnal mares. So it's like we have nightmares because we're still talking about ghost horses. Wow. Like that's why yeah. we get scared as we hear the horse running away like like so even embedded in us we know that animals can persist in a ghostly form yeah. or some folkloric form so okay. why can't neanderthal yeah why can't loch ness reason. monster be a ghost of a pleasaur right and that's why we can't catch it like why is Moki Memble and Ogo Pogo, like all of these giant lizards, why do they have to be physical lizards? Why can't we be seeing residual hauntings from the dinosaurs that lived here for tens of millions of years on this planet? Yeah. 
I mean, it's the same idea. Yeah. It's the same idea. Yeah, there should be no reason why we, we can only see residual hauntings of humans. Humans. And and not see other and only, things that we're and, living. And only humans between like 1840 oh, no, and yeah, 1930. Exactly. There's that, a cutoff. There's yeah. a cutoff. Unless you're in England, then it gets a little older. Yeah, yeah. Your demographics matter with how old you see your, you know, how old your right. ghosts are. How old your country is, yeah. is yeah. how old your ghosts <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah. Well, going down, going down that, that thread, you know, we've, our idea, you know, what I've always thought through when it comes to like just hauntings, residual hauntings especially, is, you know, this is an impression on the environment that it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, you know, and that's why we have all the, you know, all the tales, well, you know, I mean, on this day every year, so-and-so right. walks across the cemetery to be with her lover. We hear that and all these types of stories. Uh, you know, and I always said, okay, something has to, you have to have some type of catalyst to 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 burn that into the environment, to the fabric of the environment, wherever it may be. Sure. And maybe that's why we see this stuff. But I always, I believe that a lot of hauntings, whether they're, you know, active type hauntings, poltergeist type hauntings, not, I don't call them intelligent hauntings. I think they're just things. We, we were just talking about that with was it Brandon or was it we talking Brandon to, or Cody or somebody? You know, like well, it was it's an intelligent type haunting. I'm like, well, I think it's just something reacting to the environment. Well, it depends though, because pe- there are people that still interact with hauntings. Yeah. So it's just a different kind. Well, yeah, yeah, but I think a lot of these. Brand. Yeah, well, I think a lot of these though. The, it, like I was the tell- majority are residual. I the think. story I was telling when we when we were discussing this, going back to that, was the, one of the classic experiences that I was told by someone was her parents were fighting, and they were getting into a very intense argument, and they were screaming and yelling, and it got more and more intense, until finally a TV just shot off. The, it was a smaller TV, mm-hmm. you know. This is many years ago. It just shot off the table, hit the floor. Mm-hmm. That to me was something reacting. That's I think Whatever. the human brain doing that. It could be just very. We've talked about that also, but what I was saying though is with with animals now. This idea going mm-hmm. back to that, uh, it's the same type of idea. Lots of animals, I think, especially in nature, we know it's 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 savage out there, right? And a lot of animals come to uh, nasty violent, demise. Pretty violent, animals. very violent ends a lot of times. They're eaten alive a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So you, to me, you know, it's just a, it's that anguish. That that anger, mm-hmm. there's all those really strong emotions that I think are are the catalyst that a lot of times that write or burn themselves into an environment, maybe cause these residual type hauntings, whatever they may be. Um, it's the same type of idea. It's a death. Right. And around death is always strong emotion. I think the difference, though, with animals is they live their lives so moment to moment that that death doesn't have like we as humans at a certain point when we realize our mortality like we start we carry with us unconscious dread for the rest of our life like it just sits in the back of our head whether we believe in god or not or believe in an afterlife or not like it's still sitting there because you don't fucking know right yeah yeah so with us i think we leave a, a very different kind of impression and then i've talked about too the idea of this thing that i call like evolving residual uh hauntings which is like So a guy walks into a house and sees a residual haunting of a woman, right? And she, like, walks across the hallway and he goes, fucking, what the fuck is that? And he freaks out, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what he doesn't realize is that he just left an impression where he was at. So now the next person, they come into the house and before they get close to where he was, they start to feel that there's something weird. They walk into the space where he was, they catch his residual 
yeah. right? And then they see the original residual that set off his, and you're like, oh, and it's super more intense. Well, it starts to collectively build up over time to where now, like, as people walk near the front door, they're like, this place is fucking loaded yeah. with energy. Well, and, and like all these public haunts now, is that yes. just doubling and it's doubling, doubling and doubling to infinity to infinity? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it's, it's changing. I tell people at my lectures, like at Waverly Hills, you got dudes that go in there and they punch walls and they scream <laughs> like, come on, ghost, like punch me in the face and go crazy. Yeah. And then the like within hours, another group goes into that room and they're like, something in here wants to fight me. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a ghost. It's the dude that was in here two hours yeah. ago. Well, so I, you know, I, I think about this all the time. Like, how much DNA I leave behind yeah. on things every day. Gross. Whether I'm at work. <laughs> oh, you guys' are, minds are so in the gutter. Yes. Um, no, I mean, just touching things. I mean, I've watched enough forensic files to know you can't go anywhere without leaving something. Right. Uh, uh, an essence of yourself. Uh, you, you put your hands on, say, a fingerprint, uh, whatever it may be, and within those, it, there is DNA. There's all this stuff, right? So, you know, you go and just put your hand on a you know, I, a door handle and open a door. Well, you've just left your 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 essence there. Sure, it's the same exact idea. Yeah, that, that my that trip that idea trips me out. Like all this stuff I leave around behind me every day. Uh, somebody could literally just track me if they wanted to. I mean, and we see that with animals, they do. So your scent, all these things. This is going to get controversial now because you just made me think of something. Oh, Are we allowed to talk about controversial things? Yeah, oh, we don't yes. know whatever you want. Yes. So it's interesting. When you talk about that, because this is something I thought about, too, for quite a while. I don't know if I've ever said it out loud, so that's why I'm saying it's controversial, because it could be really – you can you won't edit it out. It's fine. I have no secrets on how I feel about stuff. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? So, like, there's a debate about the beginnings of life. Like, when does human life begin? And so then we set laws on when you can end that life if a woman becomes pregnant, whatever, whatever, at a certain time when the cells start to change and when things start to grow. The, yeah. And then we start basing the laws on the potentiality of life. Like those cells are going to become a human being, which is why you can't stop them from growing at this stage, right? Well, what's interesting is that we are now living in an era of technology where you don't need sperm to spark the growth of an egg cell. Uh, you can use just a DNA from skin or saliva from yeah, someone, right? Exactly. Which means that every piece of DNA that you have has now the potentiality to become a human being. So when do you start legislating that? When do you start telling people like, well, you can't masturbate or you can't, like, uh, throw away your fingernail clippings. So yeah, you can't get a haircut. You can't get a haircut because yeah. all of those cells have the potentiality of being used to create the, another human being. Yeah. Oh, that would be Well, wild. George Carlin said it many years ago. Isn't that strange? Like, that, that's, mm. that's where we're heading. Yeah. George mm. Carlin said it many years ago. He's like, not every ejaculation deserves a name. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And it's true. I mean, it's it's crass, but it's true. Uh, and that is a really scary thought. Yeah. Because, I, I, I mean, again, I thought the, this through, too. Like, every so day would, I leave an essence of myself. That would be an dying. interesting sci-fi novel that you meet your son in 20 years because he was created in a lab because you left a fingerprint somewhere. Some some jerk-off just, you know. You know, or well, your I mean, hair. When I was your, in, your barber took your hair. When I was in college, I donated to sperm banks. So you have kids out there. I could. 
So I signed the paperwork that said that if I ever had any viable young and they reached the age of 18 or older, you know, okay. and they had the desire to find their parent, they could search me out. Like I gave that permission away. That's cool. Yeah. And so, but yeah, but I thought, you know, if somebody wants to know, why not? Um, so, but I will tell you, I a few years ago, I backed up and, and the time that I donated and I was like, okay, it's been 18 years. And oh, there was wow. a solid year where I was like, waiting, waiting for a knock on the door. And <laughs> phone I was like, rings. Yeah. Phone up, and now it still could happen at any time. <laughs> like could. those people just might've not chosen at that time to contact me, but it means that like at some point now, I think the, they would be 25 or 26. Like wow. I might have a 25 or 26 when, year old. When you kids. do that, do you leave like a little scrapbook? Like, hey, I'm I'm John. I'm no. your, you know. Is there anything about you that they can learn? Like, hey, my dad liked this or did this or he was lived here. I mean, I filled out a ton of forms for the clinic that said like what my educational status okay. was and what my family history of okay. health was and all of that stuff. But um, no, not really. Okay. There's very little you can learn. So they can just get your name and, and that's about it. I had a friend now who did 23 in me and got his uh, DNA profile back. And there was a woman on there who was like a 97% match for one of his children. Wow. And she was like 30-something years old. He's 60-something. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, who is that? And so he actually found her on Facebook when he was in high school – I think it was I think that's how it worked. Oh, God. When he was One in high stories. school, he had sex with his first girlfriend and his first girlfriend, he thought that they had just moved away. Well, she had gotten pregnant, which is oh. why they moved away. Oh, and God. never told him. And he, oh my god! And gosh. she had the baby, and the whole baby grew up. They never talked about him, and now he did this Dean, and now he's got a full-grown daughter, and she's got family. Did they meet? And, oh yeah! Wow! How crushing would that be, though? Too right? Because like here's someone you could have spent your whole life with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been hard because I know when you're that young, uh, it, it, that's crushing. You're like, yeah. oh my god, I just ruined my entire life. I don't have a future now. I'm not going to go to college. I'm not going to do these things. And, you know, in some of those cases, that's true. I know it is. Yeah. A lot of cases, it isn't. You know, I have, it's funny because we're, we're getting to that age now. I, I know I am where I have, you know, friends who have kids in college. Oh, yeah. And the ones that started very young. And I'm like, damn, I, mean, I remember when we were kids, I'm like, dude, what the, are you out of your mind? You're like 19. Mm-hmm. What, you're making babies? What, what's wrong with you, dude? Uh, and it's a different perspective because, you know, I didn't have the long view. Right. I was like, I just want to party and do what I do, and that's what I was doing. And some of these people had a longer view on that. They were thinking about their futures. Um, and now they're, they wanted kids. Yeah. Their kids are grown. A lot of them are, they're grown. Like, right. They're, they're like, well, yeah, now I'm young and my, my kids are grown. Everything's taken care their of. kids have kids. Yeah, sometimes they do. Yeah. And it's all taken care of, and I can enjoy myself now. Yep. So, you know, it's it's a matter of perspective. But then you have that extreme where I've heard – that's not the first time I heard that where – It's really crazy. And, yeah. I mean, for me, back <laughs> back to my thing about, like, not knowing if I have children out there, this is actually very true. There have been many times in, like, airports and bars and restaurants because I travel a lot where I've seen women and men who I look at them and I'm like, ooh, they – look very similar to me mm. and they are about the right age mm. to be one of my kids yeah oh, that's well, it's on your mind now. that's oh yeah it's on your mind yeah because i never had kids you know what yeah. i mean so there's also that in there too but my thing i mean 
I, I, I didn't have kids on purpose. I forward thought like I donated and I was like, that's I've done. If anybody wants, if the universe wants me to reproduce, that's how that's going to happen. Um, and then I've always thought to myself, I would have, as I was getting older, I thought I will have more kids if I ever become less self-absorbed. And I never became less self-absorbed. <laughs> that's what happened to us. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, seriously, yeah. I want to love a child unconditionally, yeah. and I cannot do that. Yeah, I, I love my shit and junk yep. and doing my stuff too yep. much yeah. to give it up to love a child. I wish I could, yep. but I'm, I can't. I'm, about, I'm a pet. I'm, I'm That's shallow. About I get it. As much as a I lot of give. people aren't honest with themselves on that. Yeah, and I know, like I said, that was the decision we made as, yeah. a, as a couple was to say, you know, we're not. I and there's always the running joke. I got soft when my when my nephew. Yeah, was Yeah, he'd get drunk yeah. and then be like, "Are you sure you don't want to have a baby?" <laughs> and then as as like he's showing like you know like this is my sister she's pregnant. And yeah, yeah. And then he'd look at me drunk. Too. You know, do you want to have a baby? Right. That's no. Sound like when I'm drunk. No. Dunce, I've heard Dunce it. Cap I've heard it before. The works. You know. Um, I was at when I was at Gus's. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. I was talking to the uh, Sue, the bartender, and. Um, there was a guy and he was kind of drunk and Sue and I were talking about not having kids yeah. and he looked at us and he goes, you don't know how hard it is to have children. And I looked at him and I go, you actually don't know how hard it is to not have children. Yeah. I have spent my life being careful, choosing my partners, knowing when I should and shouldn't have sex. It, like I've spent a lot of time it, it, to tough. not have a child. Yeah. Uh, if I wanted to have a child, it wouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. I would stay inside someone too long and squirt stuff all over the place. <laughs> right? I'm just being honest. Like it's, it's like, nature. It's where it's yeah, the way it works. You like know? It, it would find a way. Like it's not that hard to yeah. have. It's hard to raise kids, but it's not that hard to have them. Bill, no, you know, I think it was Bill Hicks used to say, "If it, the miracle of birth, the miracles spreading across trailer parks all, all over the world right now." <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's easy. Uh, it's easy to make kids, but in like that idea, the self-absorption idea, that's the thing for me. Like I have so many friends now. The majority of my friends have kids. Mm-hmm. They they all do. And that's going back to what we started on here tonight. Well, your you know, sister's on kid number two right now. My, yeah, my sister's you know working on her second one now. Uh, well, her, with her husband, my brother-in-law. But um, this idea of that, I mean, I, I have all those thoughts go through me. Like all my, that's what I was saying. All my buddies have kids. I'm well, sure I just wonder who's going to take my stuff. That's my concern. Well, that's something I thought about too. Like, who, who do but I, I give see, this I see to? all the shit they got to go through. Who's going to take yeah. care of me? I see all the stuff they have to go through. And you know what? And anybody that's listening to this, I think anybody in this room, we all are. You know, hey, whatever you want to do, it's great. Absolutely, make it, make of it happen. If you want to have children, it's great. But my thing's always. I've been looking at my friends, and I'm you know I'm 44 now, and we know this. Like some of our friends come over. People I know. People who Amber knows. They come over here because this is a kind of like a sanctuary house sure. for them. They can come over here and have a beer and chill. And I've, how many times have we heard this? Like, this place is so quiet. Yeah. Why is this? This house is just so damn quiet. Like, there's no, your house is so clean. <laughs> yeah, your house is so clean. It's so quiet. It's no shit everywhere. And they're not used to that because they've had children. Yeah. And children, that's not what you have when you have children. And again, it's not a bad thing. I, I have, I mean, there's. This is a very controversial topic. I'm sure that people uh, – I've gotten to a conversation with a friend of mine. He uh, has a child through a accident or just happened. Got a girl pregnant. She mm-hmm. had a kid. Uh, and there you go, right? Yeah. 
And he and I were out having drinks one night. He had a babysitter. Finally, the kid got old enough to have a babysitter, and we were out. And I, he said, uh, I said, do you ever think about what your life could be like, though? And he goes, I can't imagine my life without my son. Yeah. And I, I looked at him and I said, that sounds dishonest to me because I know you're smart, which means I know that you actually can imagine, but you don't want to imagine. Yeah, you feel like a dick if you do that. I go, but there's nothing wrong with imagining. Yeah. I go, because it legitimately was a mistake. And I'm sure that you do, but I know that you feel like a dick for thinking mm-hmm. about it. So that's fine. But I mean, people should be honest with themselves. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I think about what my life would be like with kids. Yeah. Yeah, like, so, so it's okay for you with yeah, kids to sure. think about what your life would be like without them. It doesn't mean you love them any less. I, I know someone who is uh, older, uh, 75, and she said that if uh, she – she actually said to me, um, if I could go back and do it over again, I wouldn't have kids. Hmm. And, I, and, and I was, like, shocked. That, and that's a brave thing to say. That, that is shocked. a brave thing to say. And, yeah. and I think her, her kids kind of – I don't know if they were a disappointment or – you know, I know one of them she had some issues with and stuff, but uh, she was just like, yeah. I was just expected to do it, you know. I got married, and this is what you did, and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm like, I know, Ow. I know, I know. I was, I had a tug for a while, like we said. I was, mm-hmm. like, man, I really, <laughs> that was a really wild way to put that, that <laughs> in no. the context of this conversation. You said, I am so sorry. Yeah, um, mm. Now, I, I had those things, but you know, to be brutally honest, now I've gotten to a point where you know, just in the last three, four months, I've had some things. You know, incidents happen in my life mentally. Yeah. That I'm like, I've thought about this. Like, I'm having to get, I'm having to change my life now, change my lifestyle because of things, because of issues I'm having mentally. And I thought about just this thing not too long ago and said, Christ, man, if we would have had a kid, I, I'm, I, I would have been passing down all my fucked upness to this child, right? And making well, another fucked not up. Not necessarily. Child. I. I I, I hopefully they take the best part of you. Yeah, they, they yeah. yeah, just because you have something negative. And I mean, I'm not saying that as an excuse, up. but I'm like, man, I you know, I could have really I mean, I look that's at scary. Uh, the changes that I've been going through moving my parents into my house, um the the thing that I think about the most is, you know, being parents for a large part of my adult life, my mother wanting grandchildren and my father wanting grandchildren and they don't want me to be alone and they wish that I was married and they wish that I had kids and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And what's very interesting is that if, if I was married and had kids, they would have nowhere to live right now. Yeah. I, they couldn't live at my house if I had a wife and kids. It's right almost now. like that's how it had to be. It had. To, well, this, I mean, it's the universe too. working its way yeah. out. Like, yeah, they would be screwed. Uh, honestly, they would have no 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 options. Or have the, to go into assisted living. They would have or... to go into assisted living, which they can't afford. Mm-hmm. So, which would be in a terrible assisted living. Yeah, uh, they're very lucky. And my dad, when he complains about like, I don't like how you cook the soup, or you know, when he's just screaming and <laughs> being a dick, right? I tell him, listen, when I'm your age, if I do make it to your age, no one is there to take care of me. I will have to go into assistant living. I don't have a child that will move me into their house. And that shuts his ass down pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) And that is one thing, I mean, going the long view, that's one thing I think about too with us and whatnot. And I mean, that's just the way life works. I mean, uh, but it's that same layout with my parents too. It's like, you know, I have this flexibility so I can, if something happens. You can go. I'm on it. I can go, right? Um, Because I, you know, a lot of people, again, my buddies have kids. They're like, well, I, 
I'm stuck here. I have the kids. I can't do anything, man. I mean, all hell's breaking loose and I can't do anything. You know, uh, to change the subject and like, cause we probably should wrap it up maybe by midnight. Um, Is it almost midnight? Just so we don't have another three hour show and we can, you know, talk afterwards for a bit and hang out. Um, Is that cool, Joe? I yeah, seriously want to know your opinion on the current trends in UFO world right now, because that also like cryptozoology. We were chatting about that before the That's show also enjoying like this newfound renaissance in a, in a weird way it, yeah. you know it's but it's it's strange i don't know what to think of it because when tom DeLong came out and announced like to yeah. the stars academy and all this stuff started coming really out that, you know 2000s was yeah. it 2017 the new york times was it already yeah. 2017 yeah jeez wow um and, and you had these big things put out that the government you know a tip and all this stuff had been you know putting 25 million into researching uh what do they call them now uh UAPs? yes yeah. Uh, so I mean, which is what Hillary Clinton called it, called oh, it on Jimmy Kimmel. Ah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts on on what's going on right now? So I just I just like before I came over, posted an article on Weird Lecture uh, on my website, weirdlectures.com. Yeah, which is all about like I have always been uh, cautiously optimistic that we will one day discover whether or not there are aliens and UFOs. How that comes about, I don't have a goat in that game. Like, I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I don't care if the, I'm not backing any one team. The problem comes when people say uh, DeLong is completely fake. Uh, yeah. To the Stars Academy is completely fake. It's all disinformation. And then the other team goes, no, they're not. You don't know what you're talking about. They're the only people who are telling us the truth. This is how the UFO community has been divided for yeah. 70 years. People pick sides. They pick teams. That's, and that's polarizing. Yeah, it's and then they pol polarize, and yeah. then we don't get anywhere. Then we spend another 50 years arguing over who was right and wrong while stuff is slowly leaked out. Yeah. And I, in the article, I wrote, like, if there's a hyper-advanced, multi-dimensional, extraterrestrial civilization that's trying to evolve our species up to a more supreme level of living, when we get there, you're not going to continue to point your fingers and say, I was right. It was my guys. Like, you're going to be evolved more than that. Yeah, so let's evolve past it now and just say, let's see what's happening. Let's keep our heads down. Let's do our work. Let's focus on the goal. Let's find out what's going on. Let's, if anything is going on at all. Um, I don't necessarily like To The Stars Academy. It's uh, a lot of people who have been involved in right. obfuscation and disinformation before. But that's fine. Whatever. They have their agenda. I have mine. Mine is to get people to think weirdly about stuff, to open up more venues of thought and conversation. It's like ghostly talk. Like, you guys just talk about stuff because you know that conversations lead to seeds that make people yep. think yeah. more deeply. And go look up more things. And they go and look up more things. And, and that's the way to do it. It's yeah. not telling people to do something. It's allowing them to see how you think about things and how other people think about things. And that's that's... The problem with whether it's cryptozoology or paranormal stuff or or right now UFOs is so hot. Yeah. Um, it's it's picking sides and and polarizing. I've never I, and I don't under you know we have this conversation all the time. It seems like everybody we have on here nowadays, and it comes into this thing where it's just this polarization. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how the fuck are we arguing about something we really don't know anything about? Yeah. That that to me is just mine. There's, there's, I I argue about plenty of stuff professionally and personally on a daily basis outside of studying the paranormal. Right. You know things that though they they 
have a very short, shorter span in front of them that the answers come quick. You know, and then you can do the, well, I told you so shit, right? But this is something, even to me, the idea is simply that. Like, okay, fine. You're running down a thread. Like you said, keep your head down. You're, you're on a path. Run with that. I, I, do I th- it, man. I think the reason yeah. it's so polarizing, and I, I, I don't know if I've talked about this too much in my lectures, but it's something I've been writing about personally, and I haven't written anything publicly about it yet. But as our society moves away from things like Judeo-Christianity or Hinduism or Buddhism, as we move away from these more ancient religions, um, it seems very much to me like things like cryptozoology, ufology, and ghost hunting – have become like Protestant, Catholic, and right. Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So what's happened is, is people have found their new spirituality, whether it's because they're a witch or a cryptozoologist or an occultist or a new thought thinker, mm-hmm. and they're forming their camps around those belief systems, and they all have similar little ties, and they all seem to come from one yeah. source, but they manifest in different ways, and they have different prophets. They have different people yeah. who are proclaiming to know the truth. And yeah. people are, again, leaving behind the old religion and they're making new ones right now. Yeah. And it's going to be as fucked up as the old ones because yeah. people get polarized. They get mad. They have a belief system. Start holy wars. These, <laughs> I don't get it. These ideas that you guys discuss on Ghostly Talk that I discuss at my lecture, yeah. they are not meant to be beliefs. They're meant to be ideas. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the breakdown. When people start to believe they root themselves, they concrete themselves into a spot, and then it's they don't in, have any flexibility, no flexibility in their thought process yeah. whatsoever. I, I always loved when I was a Marilyn Manson addict in like ninth grade, mm-hmm. and I always loved this t shirt that I had that said believe, but the word lie was highlighted in right. the center of believe. Yeah, and um, I thought it was just edgy. <clears throat> But when you think about that as you get older and you're like, Whoa. Oh, it's profound. Like, wow. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That the profound. word lie is literally in the middle of the word belief. Right. right. And that's <laughs> why we've always, Doug and I, even in the old days of this show, it, it's something that even follows through with what we're doing now. And I'm always looking for looking for the glue is with all these ideas, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's UFOs or, or cryptozoology, whatever, I mean, you know, studying ghosts, whatever they are. My my thing is just trying to find the simil you know, trying to find these similarities, trying to find these lines that may be drawn between these things. Sure. You know, the sky's the limit with this stuff. That, and that's just what bums me out even more so is sometimes when I hear about these these hard schools of thought about things they know nothing about, uh, is you know, you're not I think the the gravy here is just trying to see how it all works together. Yeah. The universe we know. Well, I shouldn't say we know, but I mean, I, I guess we, we can say the, we, we the can, universe we seem to share. <laughs> but I mean, we do know nature, right? Nature, for example, uh, we we talked with Cody yesterday about that, and I said the same thing. I'm like, I when I go out hiking, I like to look at nature because I see all this randomness and chaos, but at the same time, I see a natural working order that all works in uni- unison beautifully, mm-hmm. and it makes something happen. Right, yeah. it's a part of an entire system we have on this planet. It's a beauty, but it's also chaotic, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and one thing I one thing I've been going down a path I've been going down with the study, you know, with ghost hunting or the study of of spirits or whatever you want to call them, is you know this idea that ghosts or spirits, whatever they may be, they could just be another force of nature we don't understand, right? Yeah. Right, uh, and. 
that to me, that's stimulating. That's that's something I want to I want to think more about. I want to explore that idea. I don't want to start a church. I shouldn't say I shouldn't go that far. I don't want to start a school of thought. Right. And say this is the only way to believe. This is the only thing you can do. I'm going to write 50 books on this thing, and that's it. No, it's not like that. It's just an idea, man. Yep. So let let's run down that that thread and see what we come up with. And there's no to to your point exactly. There's there's no. Difficult. I don't have a difficulty. People can do whatever they want. We've said it earlier in the show. People yeah. can do whatever they want. There's. I don't have a difficulty with someone trying to figure out why a, a tentacle is flopping in the manner it's flopping. I don't ha- like, and there are many tentacles. I would just like at some point people to realize that they are connected to an octopus. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, look at the thing that's making it. Like, the, why is that tentacle flop back and forth like that? Is it it's because it's hitting that other tentacle? It's like, why is cryptozoology like that? Because sometimes it hits UFOs. Because sometimes it hits ghosts. But what are those tentacles? There's a thing that they're connected to. And yeah. no one is studying that thing. Like, yeah. everyone is so busy looking at the tentacles because they're reaching out of the cage that they are completely unaware that it's connected to a body. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think there's something to say about people who want to specify. Spe- what a night of fuck ups. Um, <laughs> who wants to specialize in something. That's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we say that all the time here. I admire people who take something and run with it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know being exposed to all these things, I'm like, okay, what I'm taking from this stuff is there's a there's a bigger picture out there. And I think there's a lot of relation, if not everything being related in some way. Yeah. Uh, this and, and that's a huge idea. I know. It's a vague, massive, huge idea for people to put their arms around. Um, but it's something, you know, I've been lucky enough to talk to a lot of cool people over the years. And that's something, like I said, that Doug and I were always keeping our thumb on was, ooh, there's a line. Let's draw that line there. Yeah. Ooh, there's a line. Let's draw that yeah, line like Everything's there. a big connect the dots picture. <laughs> For sure. And, and my lectures, everything's a dot. And at my lectures, I tell people that there's this – I tell people to consider like – so like paranoia, right? Like uh, um, parallel to normal thinking, right? But I tell people like the most important thing that you can – can have isn't paranoia is metanoia which is you have to continually think beyond your own thought so like you can think of a question Mm -hmm. and you can think of how it might be answered but you need to continually think the next thought after it yeah because once you stop thinking of well where does that lead then you're stopping yourself from doing what you would naturally want to do which is to continue your journey yeah you know, so that's perfect. Everyone, go continue your journey. John Tenney, thank you so much. Oh, I know this was a last minute thing like we said before, and I really appreciate you coming down. And people, it's like midnight here. Yeah, right? this we is gotta like, go mingle now. Well, yeah, it's like we recorded late tonight. Yeah, because John's like, I, got, I can be, I, yeah, it is. I can be there. Pumpkin I can time. be there yeah. late if you want. And I'm like, let's do this. Thing. Be <laughs> Refill great. my coffee. No, seriously, thanks for coming out and hanging out. My with us, pleasure, man. as yeah. always. We'll Anytime. Do it again. We'll do it again. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. Ghostly Talk. <laughs>